What is up, everybody? It's Friday. You know what that means. It's another edition of Curveballs and Share Shots. My name is Brandon Tinguma, sitting electronically more than six feet away from me is my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? Well, Brandon, I'm doing fine. It's Friday, 12 o'clock. You know, we're getting we're getting going. We are recording. We're live. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing just fine. We don't exactly know what will come of this podcast. Maybe it'll be a super short one in one part. Maybe we record like half of it right now, and then we come back at a later time and record the wrestling portion, and we stitch it together, and this gets sent out at the end of the night. We don't exactly know what's going to go on. We're just going to play it by ear. But Dominic, I am doing fantastic because got my second shot on Tuesday. Little itty bitty side effects but nothing too major so you boys fully vaccinated we talked about this last week we can be reunited maybe i mean maybe now it's time for you to get the vaccine and then we can just you know just make out and just you know tongue punch each other's holes bro i like how you said before we started i was like i'm not gonna bullshit with you and then you're oh well you say some sus ass shit dominic you just said like the ultimate sus stuff right now come on you said the magic word. I want to play this back to the studio audience. She's going to be so mad at you. And then we're not going to be able to do the second part. I'm going to do it by myself because you said the S word. Shit? No. S-U-S. Oh, suspect. Yes, you're being very suspicious right now, Dominic. But let's just get on into it. We are going to do our, our weekly MLB standings recap. I guess that's kind of the things we do these days. Standing atop the AL East still is those Boston Red Sox. They are at 23 and 16, but they did drop a series to the Oakland Athletics. We'll talk about them in a little bit. The Blue Jays right on their heels, only a game and a half back, 20 and 16. The Blue Jays season sweep the Atlanta Braves 6 and 0. Oh. Dominic, uh, the Red Sox, I mean, they lost a series to one of the best teams in baseball, but the Blue Jays nipping at their heels. Yankees, kind of doing their thing they got a COVID outbreak which maybe we'll talk about in a little bit but just focusing more on the Blue Jays and Red Sox do you think the Blue Jays now even though they don't have George Springer still they're continuing to be successful against the Braves who yes their injuries to the pitching staff has been well documented but they're still a solid team I mean I think at the beginning of the year I think everybody and their mother was counting on the Braves just to be dominant so for the uh, for the Blue Jays to go out there and just you know sweep them it's kind of fantastic, in my opinion. Now, do I think the Braves are going to continue on this kind of streak of, I'm not going to say they're not playing well, but this kind of unlucky streak? No, I think they'll break it. But, I mean, Toronto is also a really good team, so you can't really, you know, hold you know hold it against Atlanta for being so, for losing, basically. I, I agree with that. And hopefully George Springer can come back and he can be healthy. And if that team, well, they don't have Kirby Yates, so that's going to hurt them the entire season. But, if they can stay healthy offensively, it would be a fun team. The Yankees, they are 20 and 17. They just won a series against the Rays. 
They are dealing with some COVID issues. They have, I believe, like eight vaccinated players that have tested positive for COVID-19. Now, before Dominic gets on his high horse, just because you get the vaccine doesn't mean you can't get the coronavirus. It just stops it from like killing you. You can get it, but it's not, you know, you're not like completely immune to it. It's not like, you know, a steel plate in your arm that'll just say, "Eh -eh." you can still get in there. Am I supposed to be like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I was doing. I'm just trying to explain I, I know what's going that, on. I'm I know not explaining you, to I know you, you. I'm explaining to the people. Okay, I'm just making sure. See, don't get triggered, Dominic. You can't get it, but you can have it and give it to me. I know that. I'm not fucking some, you know, caveman that doesn't know anything. But I don't want to get off topic, Brandon. Let's just keep talking about baseball because we like baseballs. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Nothing. No, not a Lonely Island fan. fan. No, really. Yeah, Damn. Really. But they're from the Bay Area, Dominic. You had to support the Bay Area artists. Nah. Damn. Well, I brought up the Yankees. Two games back. They are continuing to play well. Aaron Judge, not so much. But Giancarlo's still doing his thing. I think, I think we always talk about it. If both of them aren't hitting, they're losing. If one of them hits there's a chance of winning. So one of them's hitting. That's always a good sign. Or if one of them or both of them hurt, then they can't hit whatsoever. Exactly. Uh, The Rays 2019, they are three games back and the Orioles 16 and 21, only six games back. Don't sleep on the Orioles. They are still, they're still a baseball team. Hot takes. Uh, Moving on to the central, the Chicago White Sox stand atop at 22 and 13. They hold a one game lead over the Cleveland Indians, both of the, they are starting to really, uh, whatever, separate themselves from the rest of the division. The Kansas City Royals, six and a half back, 16 and 20, absolutely have fallen off a cliff. My Kansas City Royals, I was touting them up. They're the spring training champions, but, but now they look like the, the Royals that a lot of people kind of thought they would be. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really hold. Well, I mean, I'm going to take that back. At least they did something in spring training. They were doing good for a certain amount of time during the season. I mean, I have Detroit winning the World Series, so I can't really be talking anything right now. Speaking of Detroit, they are technically not in last place, Dominic. They are in fourth place with a 13-24 and 24 record. So they are, they are kind of tied, but in terms of winning percentage, they are above the Minnesota Twins, who, good God, they have, I believe, the worst record in the American League and possibly in the majors at 12 and 23. I was a little hesitant to kind of hitch my wagon to the Minnesota twins, but it was kind of like, it's, this is their year. They're going to finally may not put it together and win the world series, but this might be the last hurrah, but it's looking like last year was the last hurrah. And with Byron Buxton out, that hurts them even more. I mean, I'm going to count them out this year, but I definitely think in the years to come, if they can keep some of them, you know, young players play a player Minnesota will be back don't worry still still a young season I'm not going to completely wash them out now they would have to go on a, a pretty substantial run to get back in playoff contention but it, it's a central they if they got a lot of games still against the Tigers and the Royals hopefully they can kind of pad their stats but 
yeah, I'm kind of a jumping off the Twins bandwagon if I was even on the Twins bandwagon to begin with. Uh, the Oakland Athletics are still in the AL West atop. Uh, they took two out of three against the Reds or the Red Sox. Not a, uh, a great series finale, losing, I believe, eight to one, but they did take the first two games in a close matchup. Dominic, the A's, we're, we'll talk about the, the off-the-field issues when we're done with the standings, but just strictly on the field, important series win for them to uh, kind of establish themselves against another powerhouse in the American League. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Boston, you know, I think I counted out Boston beginning in their pseudo-preview thing, but I didn't expect Boston to be playing this good, and I really didn't expect the Athletics to kind of, you know, turn it on and, you know, be in first place right now but that's what happens when you have key injuries in your division so um who do who do they play next what's their next series do you know is it the astros the are we talking about the a's because the a's are going to minnesota to play the twins for a three-game set and then they go on a long stretch of division matchups i think they play the astros the mariners angels they're they basically play everybody kind of back to back to back so this next coming week if they get things, I wouldn't say right, but if they can get a few wins, at least two, possibly a sweep against Minnesota, propel them to the series with the Astros, get even a bigger lead over them, and then try to pad their stats over the struggling Angels. I mean, by the time we talk about the them and maybe in two weeks, the A's could have a, a pretty good lead over there in the West. And, I mean, outside of the Astros, they have a four-and-a-half lead against the uh, Mariners. So if they can get it done against the Astros this week, I mean, who's to say they can't have four-and-a-half over them? Yeah, I mean, I mean – they just got to keep doing what they're doing, keep hitting, keep great. I mean, they're doing everything great. So as long as they keep doing it, I mean, I got a feeling we're, your, your tone of voice come in the next two weeks is going to be a lot different. Astros 21 and 17 going up against the A is going to be an important series for them. Mariners. I mean, they've kind of, I wouldn't say they've fallen off a cliff, but they definitely have taken a substantial step back. I wasn't believing in them, but they do have uh what's his name? Jared Kelnick. Big old prospect number four in the uh, in Major League Baseball. He debuted yesterday along with the starting pitcher. So the Mariners just happened to get these star-studded prospects at the exact right time. That possibly would help the Mariners in, ter- in terms of service manipulation, but that's a different subject for a different day. We're not going to get on side tangents because we're not going to be sus about it, right, Dominic? Anyways, moving on to the National League East. Brandon, you have the Mets on top, right? Oh, yes, Dominic. We do have the Mets on top. They still have a shortened season because of the COVIDs, but 18 and 13 is their record. One and a half games against the Phillies. And then pretty uh, big jump back with the Marlins and the Braves four games back and the Nationals five games back. I mean, Mets are definitely starting to hit their stride right now. Francisco Lindor still not exactly up to par, but he has been a lot better than what he was to start the season. We got the whole, was it a rat? Was it a raccoon situation with him and Jeff McNeil? And maybe that's kind of, they're going to be their calling card and they can rally around the, the raccoon quote unquote. And uh, this can propel them to first place. And we kind of talked about the Braves already. I'm, I'm a little shaky, especially with that, uh, that pitching being a little hurt. I mean, I mean, I think technically my opinion in Philadelphia is going to, going to start hitting a lot better so I, i'm, I'm going to put my money on philly to take first in the next few weeks um and as soon as the mets make up those games uh, you know philly philly's gonna win the division hands down 
last 10 games, both these teams have been on some pretty good stretches. The Mets are eight and two and the Phillies are seven and three. So that's kind of why they stand atop the East. Then in the central, the Cardinals starting to pull away a little bit. They are 23 and 15. They are three games ahead of the Brewers. I believe they just had a series against the Brewers, beating the series there. So that kind of helped them uh, get some momentum. Then Mr. X's Reds down in third place, 17 and 18, four and a half back. Cubs, five games back. Pirates, all the way back, seven and a half. I mean, Reds and Cubs, we keep saying, I think they're just going to bounce back and forth between third and fourth. The Brewers, I'm a little skeptical on them contending with the Cardinals long-term, especially with Yelich being out. So I think this is exactly where we're going to see the division the rest of the season. Cardinals with a little bit of a healthy lead for most of the season. I I 100% agree. Um, I mean, unless... Didn't correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't then last year since he go on like some crazy hot streak, something like that. So they're a team that we always say can turn it on at the right time and sneak sneak in. I mean, they were uh, you know seriously hot to begin the season. They were able to sneak into the postseason last year, but as Mister X probably knows all too well, they could not hit water if they fell out of a boat because it was it was, it was terrible. But anyways, uh, moving on to the West, not Dominic's San Francisco Giants are uh, two and a half games ahead of the San Diego Padres. The Giants have a 23 and 14 record while the Padres are 21 and 17. Both of us thought the Padres would be in first place, at least coming out of the weekend, but no Giants took two out of three. They got shellacked in the in the Sunday game, but ultimately came out ahead. I mean, it's still May 14th. I don't want to say the Giants are legit. Dallas Braden, your favorite co- baseball commentator, Dominic said there's absolutely no chance in hell that the Giants make it to the postseason. Is it going to hurt you? Do you have to agree with Dallas Braden or do you have to fade him because you hate him? I'm, I'm going to fade him because I definitely hate him. Okay, I'm not going to say hate. Bars. Hate, hate's a very strong word. We don't right. hate anybody because if you hate something, that just takes unnecessary stress and exactly. power over you. I just really dislike him. And the Giants will make the postseason, but I don't see them really you know, going that far. So if the Giants make the postseason, assuming the other wild card is the Giants the division winner, and do the Padres and Dodgers get in as wild cards, or do the Giants make it as a wild card and one of those two teams are on the outside looking in? That's a good question. I don't know right now. I mean, like you said, it's only May. What is it? What's today? May fourteenth, fifteenth. Happy What's birthday today? to uh, Big Daddy, my mom. The birthdays are this weekend. Happy birthday, Big, Big Daddy's yes. on Saturday. Mom's on Sundays. You know. We got weird birthdays back to back. Yeah, we. I mean, maybe we get Liddy on Saturday. We got the UFC fights coming up. We're gonna pair that up with a little birthday celebration. Got the Costco Trulies. I'll bring over my nasty, uh, my nasty seltzers. You can have them. Nah, nah, I'm good with my Trulies. By the way, shout out to Golden Road. Their I think cucumber lime hard seltzer, fucking amazing. Can't wait to go back to the Coliseum, Dominic, and we can just experience all the different. Because before 2019. We were in seltzer guys. So now we're, now we're going there. Now, we're, I mean, maybe one of these days we'll go back to the Coliseum. Maybe we can try all the different seltzers under the sun as Travis is going to call us a bunch of uh, epithets because, you know, we're seltzer guys, but I do like beer as well. I Hashtag like to cancel trapdoor to hell. Yes. Uh, all right. So let's move on to some of the MLB news. Albert Pujols, he has cleared waivers finally. So he is an unrestricted free agent. He is 
able to sign with whomever he chooses. Haven't heard any rumblings on exactly where, if he has any interest or what, who's going to sign him. But now this means that the angels have to pay him out on his contract and the, he can go wherever he wants. Apparently the Dominican Republic is looking to possibly have him on the Olympic roster to compete in the, the, uh, the Olympics. That could, that could be fun. But uh, do you see outside of that, our pros actually playing for an MOB team this season? Not unless they do that little one day contract, let him retire as a Cardinal. I don't see anybody in need of a first baseman DH, anything else that he can do. I don't really see it. So unless it's a one day with the Cardinals to retire him and which they should do. I don't see him playing. I think I kind of agree with that. I mean, what team really out there needs our pros? I don't really think there's a team out there that needs him. I mean, unless you kind of go down the angels route of signing him for like dirt cheap, just so you can get like some merchandise off of him. But that that's really like the only upside I can see, because if he's still getting paid by the angels, you can pay, you know, he's going to take maybe the league minimum just to get on a roster somewhere, but he's kind of a waste of roster spot. And I would much rather have a 24 year old kid with, you know, some upside to him than signing 40 plus year old Pujols, who is definitely at the end of his road. And who knows if he can even outperform that kid, but him going to him playing for the Olympics would be fun. Baseball's back in the Olympics. And if that's the last we see of him, that that's, it sucks, but I'll accept it. I, re- I really want to clip the part where he said, I want a 24 year old kid. That that's the part I want to clip right there. But... Hey, Hey, 24 is legal. Okay. I know, but it's, you know, it's funny. Don't try to EDP me. Okay. I am not a pedophile. No. Okay. Um, Shout out. No, I'm not, not going to shout him out, but the cameo from last year, <laughs> still iconic. I will say that. Oh, yes, I agree. Okay, let's move on to some uh, some sad news. The Oakland Athletics, it came out on Tuesday. I was driving home after getting getting my, my microchip, and I get out the Jeep, open my, open my phone to see breaking news. Oakland A's are looking to relocate. So very splashy headline. The MLB has instructed the Oakland athletics to look into relocating outside of the Oakland area. The A's still have apparently the Howard terminal plan still kind of going through the motions, trying to get that passed through the political system, but they are able, or I guess incentivized to start looking elsewhere. That doesn't mean they have on a, a list and like, Oh, you know, here's the list. There's the cities we want you guys to go to, but Dominic, your thoughts on this. I mean, this has been an issue for 20 years at this point of the A's trying to find another stadium. And it is definitely at the end of the road. If you guys, I know I kind of plug Trevor Bauer's vlogs a little bit on the podcast, but definitely if you can try to go and find him, uh, his vlog, when he pitched at the Coliseum, whenever that was, you know, look back on the schedule, like a week later, the away team's gym was a, just like a little set of weights and treadmills and bikes in a little white tent outside in the parking lot. Like, I rolled my eyes and laughed. Like that's just, that's perfect Oakland days right there. I mean, Jesus Christ, that's but, hilarious. I'm sorry, but I mean, let's be honest. I've here. seen hotel gyms a lot look a lot better than that. Oh God, yes, totally. But let's be honest here. I mean, the city of Oakland is, is fucking terrible. I mean, they lost the Raiders, they lost the Warriors, 
I mean, they're going to lose the A's. There's no way about, there's no way around it. I mean, and from, if I remember correctly, I mean, I don't have it in front of me. I'm sure you can pull it up the little, little statement that uh, the president gave out, but it was something like they didn't want to okay something because Oakland's board didn't approve it yet or something stupid like that. I mean, am I somewhere in the right? So, so pretty. So this is a very complicated issue that I'm not going to kind of get involved too, too much with. But from my understanding, they're trying to get it passed through the Oakland board and yada, yada, yada. And that's kind of, I don't know, I wouldn't say that's the final hurdle. But that's kind of the next hurdle. And they're trying to get that in front of the uh, Oakland City Council. And once they can get that voted through, then they can kind of move on. And I mean, this is kind of a political mess. I'm not going to try to explain and try to make it seem like I'm a, I'm knowledgeable and I know everything. Apparently there's someone out the door. Hey, chips ahoy. Shut your mouth. I'm trying to explain this very complicated issue right now. But, uh, you know, the Coliseum site is atrocious. The Oakland A's management, Dave Cavill, he is kind of the, the mouthpiece of the, the fishers and the owners and everything like that. They all say it's, you know, privately funded and, that kind of seems all fine and dandy, but let's be honest, there's going to be some public funds going to the Oakland A's for financing this and everything on the outside. But I want the A's to stay in Oakland, I, but I don't get my hopes up. But it, I mean, but if you go to the Warriors and the, the Raiders, I kind of take those as separate issues. The Warriors, they always kind of were looking to go back to San Francisco. Yes, the Raiders try to stay, quote unquote, try to stay, but let's be honest, if LA or Vegas gave him an offer they were going to take. And that's what happened. So. Well, well, the one thing I was thinking of, and this is something that I know would never happen, but can correct me if I'm wrong. Cause let's be honest. I'm wrong. The giants whole, they wanted to move to Fremont or San Jose originally. Both. There's been so many different mock-ups and, you know, ideas floated out there. They were going to go to Fremont, but then they want to go to San Jose, but the, the, Giants hold rights there because they're a minor league team. And it's just one thing after another. And I know Travis uh, has his, his friend, Steve, who is a, a, a politician season ticket holder to A's and Giants. And he kind of explained it in his own words, but uh, it, this is above my pay grade. I want to hope. And I'm, I'm not saying that this is exactly what's going on, but on the surface is kind of what it looks, what it looks like. It's the MOB saying, okay, Oakland, if you don't pass this, then we're moving because that's pretty much what Dave Cavill said in the interview at the A's game. It's like this Howard Terminal spot, this plan is all or nothing, basically. And if this doesn't get passed, we're going to look somewhere else. The only thing I could think of, and like I said, I, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't hold me to this, but I mean, try to negotiate with the Giants one more time. If anything, be like, look, is there anything we can do to, you know, get some territory rights if we have to pay you know xyz if it's trades or you know whatever you guys want i mean that would be the last ditch effort in my opinion if if i was the a's if, if they didn't want to move which if you talk to some people i'm sure they don't give a fuck if they move or not but i mean that would be the only thing i can think of is be like look we want to stay giants we'll give you whatever you want but you also don't want to shoot yourself in the foot so if the a's stay in the Bay area. It's going to be at Oakland at that Howard terminal site. And the thing is they want to build like an entire community and like have shops and yada, yada, yada. And like Oracle park, like that has happened eventually, 
but their plan back in the early 2000s was just to build a park and then all that stuff will will come like the whole idea of the A's is just kind of having this whole like giant site to themselves and it's kind of money grabbing and the A's have always cried poor so I mean it sucks I I don't know when we'll get like a vote on the city council but I would assume it's going to happen you know within the next few months at least definitely by the end of the season we will get a much clearer and the I believe the lease is up in 2024 I don't know if they can get the thing built by 25 but that's a whole complicated mess that uh, Peter won't pay us enough to talk about but we just did it well I mean if the lease is up in 24 and it can't be built by 25 I mean, I think the A should be like, fuck Oakland. As much as I don't want to say that because I feel like, you know, when I was a kid, Coliseum was always fun. As an adult, being able to drink and having a better time is great. So, like, I don't want to necessarily say have the A say, fuck Oakland. But if they can't get their shit, I'm not, and I'm not saying it's the A's, I'm saying it's Oakland. They can't get the shit together. Fuck them. It's easy just to blame Oakland, but also you got to blame ownership and everybody is to blame because it's just a political money-grabbing nightmare. Now, on to lighter news. Let's talk about Tim Tebow, shall we? He is all elite. Yes, Tim Tebow has signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars as a tight end. It's been however many thousands of years since he's actually played an NFL game. And he he signs with the Jaguars. I I have no idea what to expect from this, but why? in the blue hell is Tim Tebow getting signed as a tight end. Cause he wants to be like Gronk. He wants to be able to become a wrestler. So he's like, Oh, I'll just join Jacksonville. Tell Tony Khan. Hey, I want to wrestle. And then he's going to be like Gronk. And then, you know, it's going to be something like that. But Tebow has no appeal. So it's stupid, but he can also be like Taysom Hill where, you know, you could throw him in as a QB, you know, for like a little play or something. You never know. He just retired from the MLB. Now he is definitely a much more talented football player than a baseball player. But I mean, in whatever his age is 30 plus, and he's trying to come back as a tight end. I'm not going to expect much. So it's kind of a publicity stunt, but I'm not expecting don't don't Dominic do not draft Tim Tebow in the first round of your fantasy football league. Cause you're definitely coming back and playing in the CTE league next year. I don't know. I mean, it depends when this boxing match happens. You know, if I knock Travis out, I'm sure he doesn't want me to knock him out of the playoffs, too. Damn. Speaking of the playoffs, that's a schedule. We got the NFL schedule released. We're not going to go over all of it, but uh, the schedule happened. Raiders, Monday Night Football against the, the not the Baltimore Ravens, but the, uh, no, yes, the Baltimore, I was, God damn it. Yes, it is the Baltimore Ravens. Last time I checked, Dominic, I'm, I'm being real sus right now. Help me. Okay. You've been drinking? No, I haven't okay. been drinking enough. That's a problem. I'm sorry to hear that. But yeah, you know, going against Baltimore. We we, we got to point out, we do have a Niner Raider matchup, 30 game preseason. Are we out? I mean, I'm not trying to get shot. I mean, that that's the whole point, though. The whole point is just to go there just to get shot. Hell yeah. It's called money reparations, brother. Okay, I mean, we'll you know we'll talk. My lawyers, my lawyers will talk to your lawyers, and uh, we'll get it get it going. Now, let's move on to the NBA standings. We only have less a couple days. This NBA season will cease to exist after this weekend. 
Uh, pretty much everything falls in line. We have to kind of figure out who is in what seed, but uh, we don't need to, I mean, we don't need to like go over everything, but in the East, Sixers, Nets, those guys are kind of locked in the uh, one-two spot. The Bucks, they've clinched the division. Maybe they move up to the second seed, but uh, Hawks, Heat, Knicks, they've all clinched out to the Knicks. They, uh, I forget what the kid's name is, but they were able to fulfill, I think his name is Cody, his Christmas wish. The Knicks are in the playoffs, Dominic. Has hell frozen over? I mean, I don't think it's frozen. I think it's, you know, almost at frozen. If they, you know, kind of get into the playoffs more like, you know, conference finals, stuff like that, then I'll say hell's frozen over. Then in the uh, play-in games, we got the Celtics at seven, Hornets at eight, Pacers nine, and probably the Wizards at 10. They haven't exactly locked it up, but they got a two-game lead over the Bulls. I would assume the Wizards will make that 10 spot. Uh, Celtics, you know, kind of falling off. I believe Jalen Brown, he's done for the season. That's going to definitely hurt them. And LaMelo, he's back playing well for the Hornets. Do you think this could be a possible upset here where the Hornets could beat the Celtics in that first play-in game? 100%. 100%. And then Wizards, Pacers, I think we talked about it last week. You have more faith in the Wizards. So we're just going to put the Wizards up on top. Do the Celtics fall all the way down and lose to the Wizards? What? I, I I said the it should be the Hornets. Yes, but then Celtics. The, yes, so then it's the seven eight seed. The Celtics would oh, lose. Sorry. But then they would play the winner of the Pacers and Wizards, and we're assuming the Wizards will win because I think you said the Wizards. You know, Wizards are better than the Pacers, so I'm already putting the Wizards into that second playing or third playing yes. game. Okay, then yes, and then yes, I, I'll put Wizards over Celtics. There we go. Then let's go over to the West where. We know so, so much more because the West Coast is the best coast. The number one seed, my Utah Jazz, staying atop 15 and 20, first place. Not clinched yet because the Suns are a game back. Uh, then the Clippers, Nuggets are kind of locked in in that uh, one through four spot. Then you got the five seed, the Mavericks, Trailblazers, and Lakers, five, six, seven. Those can all flip flop. And then the Warriors, Grizzlies, and Spurs locked in, in play as play in teams. But the important game is coming up on Sunday. The Warriors will play the Grizzlies, and the winner of that game owns the uh, tiebreaker. So the Warriors, I believe, have a game today. They are maybe, you know, rest some of their stars and put a lot of their effort towards that Grizzlies game because if they can win, obviously that secures at least, you know, two more games for the rest of their season. Well, let's hope they do. I mean, I'm not trying to say that it's a good signing but i mean they do got jordan bill back with pascal being hurt i mean you do need to rest looney a little bit so i mean having jordan bell who knows how to play with steph and draymond a little bit um is a good signing he is available i think to play sunday i think or tomorrow something like that so i mean it, it, it's a decent signing i mean he's not going to be getting 50 points a game but having a big man in there that can play is always a good thing um curry's been on tear on a tear so I, I'm looking forward to the next couple of days, put it that way. Should be a lot of fun. I don't know what the schedule exactly lines up to be, so maybe by next week we'll still have a play-in game to preview and kind of talk about that. But uh, the Lakers, possibly as a play-in team, is kind of insane. But with all the injury that they have sustained and the weak depth around AD and LeBron, not exactly that shocking. So we are done 
with the sports, Dominic. We didn't uh, fuck around too much, especially in the NFL. So now let's Good. move on into the fan mail segment. Otherwise, no. <clears throat> <clears throat> Mr. X's questions of the week. Bump them. Bump them. Okay. Do you want to do? You want to do his first? I take it. Not not the. Not the. Uh, fan mail. From, well, your fan mail. We do have one question, and shout out to uh, Ronaldo carryon.739 who just randomly liked a post of ours from august 22nd 2020 when we posted like all the big winners from like AEW and nxt don't shout know how out. he came how don't know how he came across that but shout cool. out to ronaldo cool 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 so we're doing mr x's or doing the friends i guess we're going to do the friends because we only have one question it comes from mr x does have a lot to say so Mr. X always has a lot to say. We appreciate good that. That's good. Uh, Big Fluff thirteen sliding in on Instagram. He asks, "Should you be able to win a baseball game by balking in the winning run?" Now, I do not know where this question exactly comes from, Dominic. But if you were to get in the mind of Big Fluff thirteen, where do you think he's coming from on this one? Well, I mean, I don't know this guy. He sounds like a fucking stud muffin, though. But, but maybe he was like watching some, like you know like horrible ways to lose on YouTube the, the other day. And, you know, there's quite a bit of balking in the winning run. I think that, I mean, I understand like, you know, if you're on third base pitcher box, like you win, but I'm not a fan for it. And, you know, if they're doing all these new rule changes, you know, they should like change that. I think in my opinion. So, I mean, if you're, I mean, his opinion, I don't know, Brandon, what do you think? Do you think it's fine? Do you think that's a rule that should stay there or do they, should they change it? Well, I don't understand exactly where Big Fluff 13 is coming from because if balking is a rule and it's a rule for all eight innings and we even saw a balk score run in the uh, Red Sox A's game. Elvis Andrews was kind of down dancing around. He was able to get the pitcher to stop his windup and step off like the easiest balk call you'll ever see in your life. But I just don't understand why Big Fluff wants this unless you just take it out as a rule in general, which makes no sense then pitchers balk all the time why would you want to take i just that don't out? want them to be able to win the game <clears throat> big fluff i think does i mean yeah big fluff 13 really just doesn't want them to win the game with it i think that's just like then how then what would you do i mean i don't know give them an out i don't know it would just give them an extra out it's like okay here you go you get four outs now yeah so you're telling me you you're okay with your team losing on a balk if or absolutely not but that's the rules and don't balk don't be an idiot uh, i don't know i'm not a fan of it i'm definitely not a fan i mean i'm a fan you know one through eight balk as much as you want your, your runs in. don't give a shit but i think you know if they're doing all these rule changes why can't you change it to like you know something else and what would that something else be you have to balk twice I don't know. How can you balk twice in one move or one? No, I mean, like you balk once. Oh, that's a warning. You balk again. Okay, run scores. Like you give yourself a warning, you know, like. I don't know. I'm just Mr. Mr. Fluff, if that is his real name, just doesn't doesn't like it. Not a fan. We I would say we never get any stupid questions. There's no such thing as a stupid question. But that might be the stupidest question we've ever had on this podcast. I'm going to be honest right now. That is not stupid. You watch your fucking mouth. That how is that fucking stupid? You Explain want to, to me. You want to change a rule in the yeah. ninth, the most crucial inning 
in the game just because one person doesn't want to see a game end that way. Okay, and so how is that a stupid question? Because you just want to uproot the entire rules, then you should change what a Bach is. Okay, then that then that's the route we would go, but that's not a stupid question. It's 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 the the first question that gets the ball moving in a way that doesn't get a Bach to get the winning run. It's not a stupid question. It's just the first question of many questions. It's not a stupid question. Okay, agree to disagree, Dominic. Well, no, okay. So does, you're, 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 you're not you're not a fan of in uh, extra innings having the runner on second. So would you take it out? But it's a rule now, so you want to uproot a rule. Yeah. So it's the same exact thing. Runner, if a runner's on second and they get a base hit, the runner scores. Now you're pissed off. Just but that only but that only changes one inning, and technically you're going back to what the original rule used to be. Mm. I mean, I'm just saying if there's rules that you don't like and you want removed, how come it's okay from for that? And if Mr. Fluff, Mr. Big Fluff doesn't like a rule, he wants to take it away. It's a stupid question. So now you're contradicting yourself. No, it's because Mr. Fluff wants to take out a rule. He wants to ignore a rule just for one inning. Oh, well, yeah, one inning. But then you want to remove a rule that's for extra innings. But it begins that's when it gets kicked in. It's not, but bo- how many times have the A's gone get, into like eight innings? Bogs don't kicked in. Well, then that's just the game of baseball. That's the beauty and the horrifying aspect of it is there's no time limit. It can end whenever the fuck it wants. Jackass. Donic, what does Mr. X have to say? I don't know if I want to do it now. I don't know if I want to do this podcast with you. You're insulting our fan. Well, maybe Big Fluff can respond to us when he listens back to the podcast next week. Maybe it will. Maybe I'll can't. Maybe he'll cancel us too. Damn. Anyways, he says hello there. Hey there. Howdy. What's up? Hashtag free Mr. X. That's actually the first. Good job. Did you read this email? Jeez, man. He just wanted to start off by saying thanks for the support in this whole BS situation I'm dealing with through Instagram. Even though the evidence is on my side, unless I can get in contact with an actual human being, who knows if I'll get my account back. I may have to start all over again with the new one. Let's hope not. I know he's worked hard on all of his designs and, you know, really getting a fan base on that account. So let's hope to God he gets it back. You know, I, by the way, Mr. X, I did look into that uh, person, that email and I sent it to actually, do I have it still? Wasn't it? What was her name? Wasn't it like fucking so stupid? Let's see. Let's see. Casey McBride. General Counsel, Jacksonville Jaguars, All Elite Wrestling. I was like, oh, Brandon, look, seems kind of legit. And then, you know. Well, just because the email has that name attached doesn't mean that's actually her email. True. Yeah. Someone can just look on the roster and just be like, oh, she seems like an important person. She's a lawyer. We're going to attach her name to these claims. Which, and Mr. X, Mr. X posted a photo that he, talk to AEW about it, and AEW said they don't deal in fan arts. They only deal with like videos and, you know, taking yeah. so their- this motherfucker, you know, needs to listen to this podcast and back the fuck up. Fucking contact Instagram and be like, oh, I'm sorry, it's the wrong person or something like that. Fucking punk ass bitch. Anyways, on to some baseball stuff. How about Wade Miley giving the Reds their 17th no-hitter in team history? Every now and then, this pitching staff can surprise you. 
Nope. You're not going to, you're not surprised. Well, I, I thought there was going to be like something else to it, but I mean, Wade Miley getting a, a no hitter. He definitely is kind of one of the, uh, the bright spots in that Cincinnati Reds pitching staff. They talked about this on the, on the trap door to hell dumb. Like, do you think we've seen what four no hitters plus the Madison Bumgarner no hitter? That's not a no hitter because it's seven innings and yada, yada, yada. And we've had, we almost had a no hitter yesterday with Zach Plesak. Shamanaya had like eight perfect innings, not seven perfect innings last week. Are there too many no hitters? Is it a bad thing? Is that bad for a ball? No, I think, I mean, if you're on the losing aspect of it, I'm going to say yes, because you're probably like, fuck, I'm just watching this team just play catch all fucking day. Well, oh, maybe a good diving catch or, you know, whatever. But I mean, if you're on the losing side of the no hitter, yes. If you're on the winning side, no, it's fucking amazing. Your team's kicking ass and, you know, you love to see it. You know, I wouldn't like uproot the rule or the name or anything. Me, me, me. Fucking jackasses. Maybe they look into uprooting the rule. Maybe they move the the mound back. They lower the mound. Hell, baseball just turns into softball. They're just pitching on the grass. Who knows? But I mean, I wouldn't say that all these no hitters are bad for ball. I would say maybe just the overall statistics and the way we're heading might be bad for baseball. We are just coming off of like the highest offensive totals ever in 2019, where the Twins, you know, shattered the home run record. But now, seemingly, they may have done something to the baseball. I don't know exactly what that means or how much that actually affects how the pitchers are throwing the ball. But the way we're, you know, the way baseball is right now, there's just, it's all about the three true outcomes strikeout walks and home runs. And I mean, yes, there's other other types of players out there. But I think the way the base, you know, baseball is going of less and less hits and more and more strikeouts, I mean, that, that is kind of boring. It's just step up your fucking game. If you can't fucking hit the ball, get better. That That's my opinion. Get fucking better. But this is just like the overall plan for these teams is they don't care if you strike out however many times, as long as you drive in so many runs and you know, you can, as if you're batting 230, but that 230 is very productive, then that's fine with them. As long as those are always, you know, mostly extra base hits and home runs and RBIs and yada, yada, yada. I think it's fine, but moving on the premiere episode of dark side of football about Chad Ochocinco brought back a lot of great memories of watching him, Carson Palmer, Marvin Lewis and company bringing pride and prominence back to the Bengals. But it was also sad to see how he fell from grace. I didn't watch it. Brandon, did you? I did not watch it. I meant to record dark side of the football because I uh, was watching the Brian Pillman doc and they mm-hmm. led it into like a preview. And I was like, Oh man, I really wanted to watch that. Be- but uh, I just forgot. But I mean, the Ocho Cinco story, I don't know it entirely. Maybe I'll try to go back and look and see if I can find it. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's just like a, it's a crazy story. I mean, he's still a, a crazy figure on the internet today talking about how every game he'd pop a Viagra and that would just, you know, wonder if that works lift him to victory you know dominic next next week get some viagras do the podcast see what happens i mean only if it's in person Mm. yeah that's the only way i'll do it moving on okay uh ufc question here can michael chandler win a title in his second ufc fight after all he does have plenty of experience as a multi-time champion from his time in bellator do you know who this guy is? Is he good? Is he good? I do know Michael Chandler. He came in on a, a pay-per-view, a lot of hype. 
as he said, you know, Bellator, he was one of the best guys in Bellator. I don't watch Bellator that much, but, you know, I listen to a podcast that talks MMA. So that guy knows, uh, you know, who he is. And that's how I kind of knew who he was. So, and when he had his debut, usually UFC isn't going to bring in that type of hype, hype. And I think they actually acknowledged him being a Bellator champion, which is something they don't really do either. But he came in very impressive. And I don't know if he's going to have a title fight in his next fight, but uh, he, he definitely is on the right track and he can be a star. Hey, everybody, this is future editing Brandon here. Just being clear, Michael Chandler is fighting for a title this weekend. I kind of assumed that. I should have assumed that, rather, with Mr. X said it in that question, but I was trying to look it up and I was kind of getting rushed and flabbergasted trying to get through all these questions. So that one's on me. But to answer the question proper, in his fight this weekend, I do believe there is a legitimate chance for Michael Chandler to win the fight in the main event, you know, get Habib's title, and be a UFC champion in his second fight. Now back to your regularly scheduled curveballs and chair shots. Okay, love to see it. That is it for sports. We got three wrestling questions, so hold on to your hats. We got a good 15 minutes till I have to abruptly leave again. So, so we're going to so- come back at a later date and talk the wrestling. Talk exactly. and the grapples. Brandon, how long do you think it'll take Dakota Kai to turn on Raquel Gonzalez and goes after that title? How long? How long? I don't know if she turns on Raquel. I think Raquel turns on her because she's, I mean, she's so much bigger than Dakota. Kai has been, you know, she's been good as a heel, but I think she's even better as a baby face. I'm still kind of questioning exactly what they're doing with Raquel Gonzalez and her framing. But I think there is a story to be told, and people like Dakota Kai. So if you turn her face or have just Raquel attack her and she turns face that way, then I think that's kind of a route to go. But the women's division is so deep right now that I don't think you need to go. It all depends on what the long-term plan is with Gonzalez and how long they want her to hold the title. But I don't see it. I see it going the opposite way. One thing that comes to my mind is Tegan Knox is still hurt. Would you put them back together? I mean, you could have Raquel go off on Dakota and then Tegan for the save and you kind of reunite them with that or would that be kind of just kind of pointless after think Dakota that, did all yeah, that shit? That would just be too soon. You can tell a story of them possibly trying to rekindle their relationship, but it can't just be Tegan just drops everything, returns and saves Dakota Kai after everything she, and in storyline and kayfabe she's the one who tore her acl or whatever her injury is right now so I, I don't think that's the route to go but with a good story and some you know some therapy i think they can get back together <laughs> okay i think it's safe to say roman is going to win this sunday do we hope that this isn't the end of cesaro in the title picture also what would you think of adding big e to the title chase to make things more interesting so we talked about this kind of in-depth on the on the other podcast. But Big E is kind of the only person I really see on the SmackDown roster who can actually be like a legitimate contender to Roman Reigns. Now, I don't know if they have that in the cards for Big E, but Cesaro, I believe he will stick around. He's This is not going to just be a one-off. They've put enough stock into him having to beat Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. They're going to want him to have it be a multi-match feud. Now, do they stretch out to WrestleMania or uh, SummerSlam? Maybe, probably not. I, I mean, if they have like a Brock Lesnar or a John Cena kind of tucked away in their back pocket, John Cena kind of throwing some hints out there on Instagram. Report, reports are that he's possibly going to be back. But uh, 
I think Cesaro will stick around. Biggie is a viable main event contender on SmackDown now, but I don't think he's the guy to take it off him. Now, he could catch fire and he could be the guy, but just right now, the way he is, I don't see that happening. Sorry, I was buying something. Were they Funko Pops? Maybe. Damn, you and Travis need to have a Funko Pop battle. I think that's the... uh... We just add that to the list of, of battles between you and Travis. I mean, I did just buy Eddie Guerrero, so, you know. Nice. Is it like Black black Trunks Eddie? I don't know what Funko Pops he has. It is Black Trunks with the... Uh, what is that? Let's see. With like the gold boots? Like the, yeah, was yeah, it, yeah, is yes, it like the WrestleMania 35 or WrestleMania 20? I don't see like the, it just says... Oh, yeah. WrestleMania Pop Vinyl figure with pin. Eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. You know. I'm cool like that, you know, no big deal. Anyways, uh, one more email or one more question. Sorry, I, you know, yeah. And it's a AEW questions right up your alley, right up your anal cavity. Are you ready? E. Yeah. Do you like this triple threat match of Omega, Pac, and Orange? Or since this will be the first main event back in front of a full capacity crowd, they shouldn't they should have went with just orange cassidy and omega for the crowd response so the finish was changed well the finish how it played out was changed but the actual triple threat match was still the plan the entire time i agree that you know the triple threat match is probably the right way to go with the three people you have involved orange versus kenny I mean, both those guys, I, as much as I love both of them and Pac especially, they're weak number, they're weak contenders to the title. I mean, Hangman Page hasn't lost a t- hasn't lost a match all year, yet he loses one and falls all the way back to the number five spot. That doesn't really make much sense to me, but what do I know? Because let's Kenny versus Orange, like, yeah, that's fun, but you can't really get like a 20-minute main event out of it. But now with the stadium stampede, seemingly the main event, you don't have to go down that route. So maybe you could have done that and have it be like 12, 15 minutes. But I just don't know if that's exactly what AEW wants to get out of Kenny because he's not doing anything. And the only thing that he really does good is having those pay-per-view matches. But it's going to be Pac and Kenny working majority of it. Cassidy will kind of pop in, do a shtick a little bit, maybe pull off some moves against Pac. Maybe, maybe you know, shock Kenny for something or another. But, I mean, it's fine. It's not like standout. It's more just the fact they don't have any strong contenders outside of Hangman Page to take on Kenny, and they don't want to go down that route right now. I'm I'm sorry, I got sidetracked. Fucking, you know, Sam Medina's a school board member for San Lorenzo. Yeah, what the fuck's going on with the city, dude? What well, is not like? Isn't his like mom or his family kind of go down that route? So we just live in the no, dream. No, they're they're fucking realtors, dude. Dude, dude, and- fucking. That Why guy. should I care about the San, Le- San Lorenzo Unified School District board? I mean, they are fucking trash. They're fucking over in the next wave of kids, but, you know, he's a fucking school board member. No wonder this fucking... Dominic, school- if this is the last question and we need to sign off for now, you know, let the people know your thoughts, your honest thoughts on the San Lorenzo Unified School District. Get your fucking shit together. That's what they need to fucking do. They need to get rid of fucking all... They need to get rid of everybody and just reelect random ass people. You should be a school board member, right? Yeah, I don't know about that. Why not? You're a good guy. What am Sometimes. I gonna do on the? What am I gonna do on this on the school board? What am I gonna contribute? 
I mean, you're a college graduate. You know, you could you could do so much. Yeah, they don't want to put it towards the Salarins or Unified School District when I don't have a kid. I can change that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's that's the last question. Oh, wait, hang on. Let's make sure no one, you know, send in the last minute one or anything like that. Nope. Copenhagen, okay. Copenhagen Smith didn't, you know, undertake her gif and come back from the dead to send us an email or a Twitter DM. See, do we have uh let's see, check our Twitter. Nope. Nothing. Damn. You know, that uh sad, sad, sad day when I can't, you know, you know, anything like that. Sad. Sucks. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. With that being said, Brandon, we can sign off. I can go do my side projects and then uh, we'll. Uh... We will reconvene at a later hour, I believe. I'm just going to hold on to this, stitch it together with the second half with the wrestling portion. And we'll be back very shortly. What is up, everybody? We are back. We took a little hiatus. We have our uh, wrestling portion of the podcast we are going to do. We were going to hit some news and notes, but we just had some shocking late breaking news, like literally minutes before we actually started to record. Dominic didn't even know that. I didn't even know this before we actually got on the meeting. Unfortunately, new Jack has passed away. I mean, just crazy. I just name dropped him on the bullet cast yesterday because I was talking about the dark side of the ring and how that was one of my favorite ones. Maybe not the best storytelling or anything or shocking, but just having New Jack out there just telling some crazy-ass ECW stories. Dominic, you seem very shocked and shook, as well as I am. Your thoughts on the life and legacy well, of New okay, Jack? Okay, well, I, I'm, I'm reading it. It says he died of a heart attack, which is very, very understandable. Don't do, don't do drugs, kids. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, let's be yeah. honest. Let's be honest. New Jack should have been dead like 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, but uh, wow, that is... Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to say like terrible. I mean, like I mean, okay. Well, first of all, it, he he. Yes, it is terrible. Someone died, but I mean, like, if you want to talk career wise, I mean, like, he wasn't very. He was way too. He was he overachieved. He might be the most overachieving wrestler of all time, to be honest. Like, Damn. like, like. Let's be like, let let's be honest real quickly. New Jack. Not the most talented in-ring wrestler in the world, kind of one note, but God damn it, the man was over. And he kind of had, he had a very troublesome past, a very tro- troublesome career. But when someone says New Jack and you know exactly who they're talking about and what that man did in ECW. I mean, he did almost kill someone in the ring. So, I mean, that you kind of got to give him credit there, but I, I'm that that's terrible. Um, I I'm kind of lost for words right now. I mean, I know you just put together a nice little, little speech, little tribute, but I mean, I'm, I'm lost for words. So terrible RIP. God bless him. Jesus. He, uh, you know, but I, I will say this. I will say this of all the ways I expected him to go. A heart attack was not on the top of the list. I'm just saying, I mean, I expected some fucking, you know, I well, first of all, I expected him to OD, but I know he's been clean. Good for him. But I expected, you know, some fucking, you know, he got cut off on the fucking road and he went on a fucking killing spree and then, you know, just, you know, did New Jack things. But any hoots, New Jack, you will be missed. It's almost kind of like the Eddie Guerrero story. Get clean. But that long road still puts a uh, hurting on the body. 
and you pay the price for it sooner than later. Now let's just do the hard right turn. Just a little bit of actual wrestling news to talk about Zelina Vega. Apparently, rumor has it, she's coming back to WWE. She's been seen at the Performance Center. She got cut last year, November-ish, I believe. And it was mainly around her being a Twitch streamer and third-party apps and services. She has an OnlyFans, not like that, but more for like the Mm -hmm. cosplaying and stuff like that, Dominic. Okay. But Dominic, it seems as though she is back. What are you expecting? No Andrade? That seems like a perfect fit, but it's not there. What's going on with Zelina Zelina Vega? Dominic's new girlfriend, Zelina Vega. Shut the fuck up, dogs. Shut the fuck up. I feel like I'm you at your aunt's house. Um, She gets paired. She's Dominic Mysterio's new girlfriend. Yeah. I I kind of blacked out for a second because you said do, you said like my new girlfriend and then you said Dominic Mysterio oh. and I was like very <laughs> confused for a second. I mean, she she might be my new girlfriend. Just shut the fuck up and say anything. A little kayfabe action. Don't gotta t- you know. Don't tell the studio audience. But if you know, you know. I think Alistair Black might have a thing to thing to say Bro, about that. Beat but... that bitch's ass. He ain't nothing but a bitch. No, but um. I mean, where, where do I see her going? I, I I would like to think if she is coming back, which I don't I don't honestly think she is, because I remember when she first was released, there was I'm thinking about somebody else that there, there was like a weird clause, like and not not the normal 90 day no compete or whatever. But there's like a weird clause in her release. I thought there was or something like that. But, um, you know, hopefully this is good news. Maybe Vince is kind of cooling his jets on the fucking twitch and shit like that you know hopefully because i mean i want to say even Paige, she got rid of the she got rid of her little like real page wwe whatever i think she's a real soraya, soraya whatever on it now but yeah cool yeah i think she will be back i mean yeah the split might have been a little ugly but maybe now that cooler heads have prevailed, they can get back together, do some business. No Andrade, which seems like the perfect fit. Maybe this means she can come in and be more of a wrestler. She's a pretty good wrestler, you know, a little bit undersized, but with the way the main roster women's division is, it's definitely something that they need to take a look at and improve. Where now, where does she go, though? Is she NXT? Is she Raw, SmackDown? Is she... I mean, I said main roster. I think they NXT doesn't need any more women. The main roster needs women. Okay, I mean, sure. I mean, you fucking dogs. Fuck up. All right, let's get into AEW injuries real quick. Apparently, Jericho, we are going to talk about the uh, the angle that they had. He had a, I don't even know what you call it, like a brace or a stabilizer on his elbow area. Apparently, he, that, that's a shoot, brother. He actually got hurt on that uh, really shitty looking fall, but he still hurt himself. So sucks for Jericho. He pays the price physically, but yet people are, kind of rolling their eyes at the actual stunt. And also Ricky Starks suffered a broken neck from a couple of weeks ago, the German suplex where he tried to flip through, kind of landed on his feet, but also landed on his neck. He played it off and finished the match, but it did come out that he suffered uh, some neck injuries and he's going to be out for a few months. You know, neck, pro- I, you know, I have a, you know, I've, I've had a broken neck once. It is. Did you win a gold medal with a broken freaking neck? No. Okay. I did take second in a tournament, though, at a Royal, and I didn't get my fucking 
my medal or anything too. So Mike signs, if you're listening, I want my fucking medal. But anyways, um, no, I mean, I'm sophomore year got dropped on my head going. I don't know how it happened. It was one of those like freak that explains accidents a lot now. Yes. It told you concussions, bro. Not cool. I had too many, but, uh, I will say, I don't know, you know, and you know, Maybe if Philip does listen to this, maybe Philip can understand where I'm coming from on this, but it's one of those things where you're wrestling. I mean, you're a wrestler too at one point for a year and a half, but um, you I know. mean, half a year. I only did one in eighth grade and then I'll try to give you more credit. You know, I'm just but. trying to be realistic. I'm not trying to lie to the people, Dominic. True. But I don't know what happened. I just remember that I went for like a, I went for either a single or a double and I don't understand how I was in a fucking power driver and he just bloop right on my fucking head. And I'm like, huh? Ah, fucking it hurts to move my legs right now. What the fuck happened? And then the coach was like, roll off the mat. So I literally like did like the fucking biggie roll down the entrance ramp. Just I just rolled off the map. Uh, off the not the map. I'm not fucking getting obliterated, but rolled off the mat and basically just like laid there for like 20 minutes, just like I'm like assessing myself. So I understand. You know, I mean, this dude is probably a fuck, you know, first of all, he's a professional athlete, so he probably can take a bump and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But neck neck issues, not not a not a not a good thing. Hope hope he does well. You're on such a long side tangent about you wrestling and breaking your neck. I completely forgot what we were, what we were even talking Starks about. Starks, but yes, his neck. Ricky Starks, hopefully he gets better. Seemingly look like he and Christian Cage are going to do something, but they had to kind of take a left turn because you will be out for a few months. But let's get into AEW Dynamite. Let's switch things up. I forget exactly what the rating is. A little bit down below uh, a million, like upper 900s, I do believe, Dominic. I mean, nothing really too much to say here. I think maybe we'll talk more about NXT because NXT's ratings and viewerships continue to go down. Do you think that's a... Uh, I, I, don't yeah. think a I don't think AEW really needs to worry, but I think NXT is... Uh, on the wrong on the wrong trend i mean i would agree i don't think aw should be really worried about ready ratings anymore nxt needs to worry for a little bit until they can finally get the numbers back up and constant but i mean i i think the i like like i've said before i don't give a fuck about the ratings war i think you know if you say you're a fan of wrestling you should watch both products and support both products the best you can you can have a favorite and you can lean heavy on one but you should be tuning in back and forth in my opinion um, you know, it, it, AW, then they just need to focus on putting on a great show. And cause if they do that, which they have been, they don't need to worry about ratings though. They'll, they'll, the actions will speak, you know, better than anything else. I agree with that last part. If you're a wrestling fan, you're a friend, friend, fan, friend, if you're our friend, if you listen to this podcast, you're our friend, watch what you want. Don't be pressured. You don't have to watch everything. You're, you're, you're making me want to go grab drinks and drink. That's how that's how stressed out you're making me. Well, I'm super stressed out. I probably should go get a drink or two or five. I'm probably going to have some tomorrow for Big Daddy's birthday slash UFC party. But anyways. Oh, well, well, yeah. it's not, okay. It's not exactly a party. It's more like a family get together with like five people. Wow. I thought I was invited. Never mind. I mean, you have to at least get one shot to attend. I was thinking about getting the Johnson & Johnson one, but eh. I mean, that's all we, that's what my uncle has, and he uh, hasn't died yet. Yep. Yep. So, all right, let's get into AEW proper. They start off with the IWGP US title match. Yes, a New Japan match on AEW. John Moxley defends the US title against who, Dominic? 
Um, some dude. I can't. I don't know how exactly. to pronounce his name. Yuji Nagata, legend. Yuji the- Nagata. That's how you say his name, really. Yuji. Yes. Huh. Never would have thunk that. What were you thinking? Yuji. Yoshi. Yoshi. I'm gonna say anything. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna cancel myself. No. Uh, how would Oscar say his name? Yuji. Okay. Uh, John Moxley comes out to Wild Thing. I am torn. I like the song, you know, iconic, but I don't know if it exactly fits John Moxley's character. And it's like like a wrestling theme song, Dominic. What what's your thoughts? Part of me wants to shit all over it. See, okay, what they could have done was make a remix to that song. You can have the same exact lyrics, same exact everything but make it into a badass version. Some heavy guitar, drums, whatever, but not the same old, wow, thank you. know, like fucking... Like in, major, into- like in Major League, like it's almost kind of ironic that he comes out to that song. Well, well, yeah, but if they made I, it... I, I, don't, I think John Moxley should be coming out to an ironic song. Well, but... I like his old theme. I'll say it. Well, yeah, I mean, I did too, but I'm just saying like... You know, it, it does make sense to a point. He is wild and crazy. You don't know what he's going to do, but the whole you make my heart sing, then you go, if you if you want to dissect the song, you make my heart sing, you know, you're kind of like, is is he in love with fucking Nagata or whatever? It's like you, 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 you get confused. So hopefully, I mean, I got a feeling this isn't going to change, but hopefully it does. I'll have, you know, if, if this is, theme song throughout if this is like the new thing then we can talk about it a little bit more AEW they have been getting more uh i don't know what you call it mainstream licensed music i mean i'm kind of on the fence about it i wish they kind of had like some bigger you know heavier songs than the jungle boy song the orange cassidy song uh i think they have like another one but i can't go I mean, okay, I mean Chris Jericho's that's different, and I think Chris Jericho has you know one of the better songs in AW. But- Bring a sign, fucking what's his name? Jimmy Jim Johnson makes some iconic music. Mm-hmm. Let's actually talk about the match. Dominic John Moxley does retain the U.S. title. Very New Japan heavy type of match. A lot of strikes, some submissions, but Moxley at the end gets the win, and they bow, you know, respect, and they uh, drink a beer afterwards. Great match. I think, uh, I I mean, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I think I like New Japan Moxley better than AEW Moxley. I feel like everything is a lot better. It's enhanced a little bit more. So anything New Japan Moxley I like. He definitely has, I don't know if I say more of an edge, but it's more gritty and it's more like, I mean, he's the Death Rider. That's a lot cooler and edgier than you know, a paradigm shift or whatever. Wild thing. Yes. Yes. I, th- I feel like it's that fucking Geico. Was it Geico or also whatever, where, you know, the old lady is like, that's going to be 1335 wild thing. It's like so fucking stupid. I know what you're talking about, but it's not wild thing. It's not the song that they, that they do. Are you, are you kidding me? Is it not wild thing? I thought it was not. It's like wild. A- it's wild thing. Are you sure? I'm I I'm willing to bet anything you want on it. I mean, you can do whatever you want, Dominic. I mean, what's the bet? 
I mean, I'll cut my hair. Oh, you're going to cut your hair? Yeah. Because it's kind of coming back to me, isn't it? Like, oh, God. Yeah, she's like, it's, you know, 35-35, wild thing. I'm thinking of like a different one, but it's like the you same are. premise. But it's like you like are. the black girl who's doing it. And they sing like yeah. a different song. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. I'm just making, making sure. Now. No, we were just thinking of two completely <laughs> different things. Mm, I mean, my head's—I mean, my head's pretty much already shaved. So, oh, there—I mean, going off topic again for a second. I think Mary, or I mean, Studio on said something about like, like uh, men with like bald being. Oh no, yeah, if you're bald, you're more susceptible to COVID or something like that. What did she learn that from Facebook? From the radio, and she immediately was like, "Oh my God, Brandon!" I mean, I have COVID coursing through my veins right now, so Ooh. I guess she's right. Come on, stop getting off topic, man. Jeez. Mm, Cody Rhodes cuts an American dream promo. He talks about uh, America and Anthony Agogo and a lot of hot button topics. He kind of walked a fine line. I don't think he crossed it. He almost crossed it a few times, but I, I thought he did a good job and he revealed that we, I mean, once he was building to this, you knew where it was going. Nothing on the outside will change. It's only on the inside, but the, uh, American Dream will debut in AEW against Anthony Agogo at Double or Nothing. Dominic, your thoughts more on the promo than the American Dream stuff, but a uh, lot, lot of stuff to divulge into there, what he was talking about. I mean, if there's one thing that Cody does good consistently, it's promo. I mean, the, I mean, realistically, the only thing I want to talk about is the whole American Dream thing, just because that, to me, is the biggest takeaway from the promo i mean yeah he you know you know blah 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 didn't pay attention but when he kept bringing up american dream going towards all that kind of shit it kind of got me thinking like in my opinion he's riding the coattails of his father and that's something that i'm kind of not okay with to to an to an extent i'm sure you and other people feel different about that but you know can we just talk about that i mean his entire nickname is a play on his dad so why would you bring this up beforehand I mean, his dad's dead. Just fucking acknowledge it and just move past it. I mean, wasn't that entire match at Double or Nothing that both of us hugged and cried each other on each other's arms? Wasn't that like an entire acknowledgement that Dusty Rhodes is dead? Okay, but I mean, why, why, why is he bringing up this whole American Dream shit? Because when he doesn't that, even own that it. damn Brit put the Union Jack over his back, and you don't do that. The Yanks are going to come for you, and they're going to take down those damn Redcoats. America. Uh, you're, you're being a little racist there. Be a little careful. Looks like the cats are trying to kill each other. So we got just both ends just causing a ruckus. Should have just, just fucking started at 7 a.m. like we did last time. 7 a.m.? Let's get drunk. Fuck it. Let's go get a beer. Let's get drunk, dude. Come on. Fuck it. Moving on, the Young Bucks defeat SCU to SCU. retain the AEW tag team titles. Last time we'll be saying that because SCU, broken up. SCU has broken up. Christopher Daniels gets busted open, and it seemingly looked hard away. If you look at the pictures that he posted on Twitter, he got a got a big old gash on like his eyebrow. It's not exactly where you would uh, take the old blade ski, but he got busted open, bled all over the Young Bucks breads, which 
if this was hard way and the blood wasn't planned, why are the young bucks wearing breads with white shoelaces? Makes no goddamn sense, Dominic. You don't wear white shoelaces. You wear black, (laughs) maybe red. You don't wear white. So are are you are you saying that the young bucks are fuck boys because they wore the wrong laces or i I don't want to say like the young bucks are like fake sneakerheads and just like wear the sneakers because they're cool and expensive but i mean but then again but then again you gotta remember aren't they aren't they heel persona so maybe they did that to piss people like you off they're doing a great job they're working me brother match yourself dominic i i enjoyed it i mean these four guys have just They've they've wrestled all Barn over the burner. place. Barn burner, and it does kind of suck because it kind of I don't didn't come out of nowhere, but it just felt kind of rushed that they're doing this whole breakup. Maybe uh, CD is just walking away. He's a big hand backstage, and I think you can still get something out of him for his like final final match. Maybe that's in a couple months, a few years with the full capacity crowd. I don't know, but it did kind of suck that this whole scu breakup did for rushed and i know they got the moxley kingston thing with the bucks which they challenged them that's probably going to be a match of double nothing uh your thoughts on the scu breaking up and well it's was just it rushed it's just daniels and kazarian right or is it all three of them are technically well, well i mean as Scorp- 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 been, yeah. he's been gone for a while yeah i forgot about that never mind um what was the question alex your, your, your thoughts on like them breaking up here could they have gotten more out of it and why do you think they broke it up this quickly i i, I do wish they did write it out a little longer um i think they're better together than apart kazarian if anything kazarian does have the more upside daniels is a little up aged and you know he is to me I mean, getting a little washed Kaz up like in his 40s so it's not like he's young yeah but i mean i think it's, kaz can go a lot longer in a match and can do a lot more than daniels Let's face it, Kazarian made it to WWE. Daniels didn't, so Kazarian's a lot better. I mean, he was CD was going to be the higher power. He true, true, but but then he wasn't. He wasn't. But um, yeah, I do wish that they could have wrote this out a little longer, broken up, you know, in a different way too. But you know, that show business, dog. I don't make the rules. You don't make the rules. You just break them, Dominic, because you're such a badass. Because you're a wild thing. Don't know. No. No. Wild thing. No. Uh, Christian Cage cuts a promo and he talks about how he will be in the Casino Battle Royal at Double or Nothing. And if he wins, he gets a title shot. Not exactly sure which title, but maybe he wins and he just faces for the TNT title. Uh, He has a open challenge next week and Matt Seidel answers the challenge. So it's 2009 ECW, Dominic. Matt Seidel taking on Christian Cage in the year of the ECW championship. What? In the year of our Lord, 2021, we're getting a Matt Seidel versus Christian Cage match. What? That's amazing. Not really, because Christian's old and Seidel fucking sucks. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not too keen on it. I, really I mean, don't. I'm not. I'm not that excited either. Maybe Seidel can get a little bit more out of Christian, just like athletically, he's a little better than uh, who. I'm, didn't he wrestle Kaz in his first match? And so Seidel can maybe get yeah. a little bit more athletically and kind of create some more movement. But I gave him a little bit of a pass because of the Ricky Starks injury, but it, it does kind of, does kind of suck. Uh, keeping with team Taz sucks eggs. 
damn, you really got him. Uh, Hangman Page cuts a promo with the Dark Order at the bar, calls out uh, Brian Cage, not to be confused with Christian Cage or Adam Page or Ethan Page. Oh my God, you're so funny. I know. I've only done that bit like three weeks in a row. The Pinnacle have a coronation. Uh, MJF and Tully do most of the talking like always. Tully gets the boys a roly or a very fancy watch. We don't know exactly what brand it is, but uh, the Inner Circle do their best Stone Cold impersonation, rolling up on a ATV with a thing on the back, and Jericho just emerges out of nowhere. So he's only gone for a week. Yes, his elbow's fucked up, but... He's back, and they spray him down with some bubbly, and MJF says they are going to have a stadium stampede match at double or nothing, but if the inner circle lose, they will break up forever. And for the love of God, I want them to lose. I think they need to... Pronouns, pal. Huh? Pronouns. Oh, I hope the inner circle loses. Okay, got it. I was about to say, I was like, he, they, what? And then I was like, oh, wait, he, I need to make sure, I need to clarify what team I want to lose. Yes. I want Chris Jericho, Santana Ortiz, Sammy Guevara. I don't really give a fuck about Jake Hager, fucking tool, but I want them to lose just because of the sole fact that I want to see Guevara to start doing things on his own. I want to start seeing Santana and Ortiz start getting the respect they deserve as a tag team. Chris Jericho is fucking Chris Jericho, so he can do whatever the fuck he wants. But it makes no sense for them to win when they've been just getting their shit kicked out of them this whole time. MJF did kind of allude that it's going to be a different stadium stampede. I would assume that means it's going to be a lot more serious, not gags like they had with the Elite, where it was kind of one big B in the Elite episode. Dominic, what do you think they go? Not we don't need to talk about the finish or anything like that, but do you think it's going to be much more of like a brawl, like fight compared to what the gimmicks that they used for last year's double or nothing? I uh, know. I think there's going to be a lot of gimmicks, but I think it's going to be more not you know, like they're not going to have like the like. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't really remember it all that much. I mean, I remember like the biggest thing I remember is Guevara getting hit with the fucking cart, right? Or was that was that on impact? Uh, impact? No, on dynamite. Well, they did it again because it happened first on dynamite, and oh, okay. then they did like the hundred yard fisherman suplexes and or northern light suplexes, and yeah, yeah. I don't think there'll be stuff like that, but I do think you'll see more gimmick kind of spots, more in their style of personas, so to speak. So I think it'll be a lot. I think like wherever FTR lands up, it's going to be more of a hard sh- shot brawl somewhere like in the concessions area where you know hangman or not oh my god what the fuck is going on what's his name mjf and jericho will meet up somewhere you know uh hager and warlow will wind up somewhere you know whatever whatever speaking of double nothing Britt baker will take on her shoot for the women's title she cuts a promo or a sit-down interview with uh jim ross i thought it was really stellar more good work from Britt baker haven't heard really much from a Karushita, which is kind of expected. But uh, right after that, we get a Thunder Rosa squash match. So Thunder Rosa is back. I know we're kind of putting the cart before the horse, but do you think they will put the title on Britt Baker and then go into a Thunder Rosa feud now that she is kind of back with AW? I hope so. I mean, not to take, I think her Karushita is great, but I think it's about time Baker gets the title because 
I mean, I I want to say at the beginning she was destined for it, and then I think she got injured or whatever, so they had to like kind of back off of it. But I think she's ready, and the feud with Thunder Rosa would be fine and fun to watch. Then in the main event, we had Miro take on Darby Allen for the TNT title. We both kind of expected Miro to win, maybe in a much more dominant fashion, quicker fashion, but it was a pretty much a dominant victory from Miro. He was getting the upper hand on Darby. Uh, Allen still selling the the what you call it the stairs that he was tossed down from last week. I did enjoy the little vignette promo that he had going back to like the little skate house that he was at. Uh, I always like the aesthetics that Darby Allen has in those little vignettes, but Miro gets the win. He right after the finish, Sting gets attacked by Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Then Lance Archer, for some reason, comes out and starts jawjacking Miro. So as soon as the bell ends, they just quickly head into different directions. Which, I mean, I understand why, but I think it's so f- like that's the one thing I got to take away from this is the fact that they didn't let there there was no time in between like. Miro was new champion. Let's take it in. Really understand that Drink damn Dar- Dar- Darby lost. Miro won, but no, they they immediately took a right turn and a left turn and just fucking went separate ways and like didn't give you anybody a chance to really like really understand that Miro is the new TNT champion. And I feel like that to me that kind of degrades the the victory in my opinion. Overall, the focus was on Miro winning the title, but it was like 40% or maybe 50% compared to it being like 90%. Or maybe it should have just been 100% where he wins and maybe you do like a little something, but just have the focus be on Miro, put like all the heat on him, and you can go and do these things later. I mean, we know we knew Ethan Page and uh, Scorpio Sky had a thing with Darby and Sting. Like that's no, no shock. Just, I mean, I kind of agree with you. Sometimes AEW's booking kind of they're trying to do too many things at once. And this was kind of the perfect example at the end of the show. Not to take anything away from the show. I thought overall the show was like really good, but not but the strongest ending. Exactly. Exactly. Then uh, let's move backwards over to NXT. A lot of matches, not a lot of angles really to talk about. Uh, Karen Cross beats Austin Theory in the opener and Cross or Finn kind of comes out of nowhere, stares him down. And in two weeks, Cross will take on Finn Finn for the NXT championship. And also happy birthday to the Smoke Show. Birthday was yesterday. Dirty 30. Happy birthday to you. Oh, wait, I thought we planned on singing our happy birthday. No. <sighs> Bitch. Happy birthday, Scarlet. Does Lena Vega know you're saying happy birthday to Scarlett? She's not hey, too happy. Hey, I can sing happy birthday whoever I want to, okay? Karen I, Cross and Finn Balor, Dominic. I don't want to. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see. Why? Because Cross is just going to beat Finn again. Oh, she came just a little late. <laughs> I know she came a little late. Oh, wait, you're done. No, we're not. Does the studio audience want to wish the smoke show happy birthday? You know what? Do you want to wish the smoke show happy birthday? No. Oh, about damn. Big Daddy. Mama Cheese. It's her birthday? Sunday. Josh is Saturday. Mama Sunday. 
Are we gonna watch? No. It's a family gathering because you know we're not family to him. Mm-hmm. Family gathering. Oh, I forgot where this is. Wait, Mary, to- give Brandon your hot take right now. How do you feel right now? Okay, she smacks the microphone. That's what she feels. That's how she feels about me. She just- wants to, she's she's just missing missing beating the shit out of you all those times that she would see you. She would like smack you and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, so whenever we see each other again, I'm going to get a full, like, 340 days of ass whoopings. Yep. I should think at this point, maybe it's been a full year. So, even more. Yeah. Great. Cool. Uh, MSK defeats Brizongo. Once again, MSK not exactly getting the most favorable reactions. The crowd kind of going into business for themselves. All, like, 70 of them. But MSK gets the win. Brizongo puts him over. I mean, with the lack of depth in the tag team division... It's kind of like, okay. I mean, it's a solid match, but it doesn't really get your heart pumping. Well, I honestly think that we're going to be seeing a new tag team in NXT pretty soon, Brandon. So we don't have to watch MSK, Brizongo, Grizzled Young Vets, fucking whatever other tag teams. We're going to have a new tag team pretty soon. Okay, okay. Uh, Pete Dunn cuts a promo very, you know, straight by the numbers, calling someone out. If you want some, come get some. And Leon Ruff, who was acting like a big old baby earlier in the day, disrupting the brass knuckles of William Regal. But then, like a couple of segments later, Johnny Gargano was going to mess with the brass knucks, but William Regal said, and he like almost he flipped his lid. Yeah, when Leon did it, it, he was like, oh, I mean, he was kind of angry, but he wasn't as perturbed as when Johnny did it. But that's just neither here nor there. I no mean, side, no side tangents. You, you want me to talk about that? Okay, Dominic, you want, you have hot takes about uh, William why, Brass Nucks. Why the white general manager? No, I'm no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I mean, I don't know if you really that. I don't know if you really joke that much. Did, did you talk about how the ref like jumped over what's his name in the tag team match? No. Well. That's why I kind of talked about the crowd going to business for themselves because they started chanting for the referee. Uh, okay. Anyways, Pete Dunn does the, if you want some, come get some promo. Leon Ruff attacks him from behind and still loses because it's Leon Ruff. And that's sad. I really, I wish Leon would get some victories and make a name for himself because I kind of do like him a little bit. I like him a little bit too. Maybe not a whole lot of it, but a little bit. Raquel Gonzalez takes on Mercedes Martinez and successfully retains her NXT Women's Championship. Solid match. I mean, you know, kind of going into this, it was hard to determine who's the face and who's the heel. Kind of, you know, both of them are straight down the middle. Gonzalez ultimately gets the win. I thought it was pretty good on the low standards I kind of had for this match. So I guess that would be a success. I mean, it is a success to an extent. I mean, I mean, I could have told you I didn't think Mercedes was going to win, but it was fine for what it was. Hopefully, going forward, there's a better feud for Miss Gonzalez. Then we get the debut, or I guess like the official presentation of Hit Row, Isaiah Swerve Scott's fash, uh, faction, more factions. Dominic, love to see it. And just a blatant ripoff of death row not a bad thing really like their swagger like their uh, entrance theme then when they kind of open their mouths kind of more the side characters where they were kind of doing like the rapping and it seemed really forced that's when i kind of rolled my eyes but i did like 
the way Swerve carried himself. The other ones, not so much, but maybe they can dial that back a little bit. But overall, I think it was a success. Do you think they will have success in NXT? It all just depends on what the end goal is. Do they? Is it built more around Scott, and is he just a cruiserweight guy? Because if he's just like a cruiserweight guy, we've seen with Santos Escobar, if he's in like his own little bubble, he's the top guy kind of in the cruiserweights. They always they're going to protect him. But if he's like a North American guy, then that's when he's going to be right back where he was. You know, maybe winning a match or two in a row and then losing to Bronson Reed. I honestly think that they're going to go nowhere with this to the point where they'll find they'll probably keep Scott and maybe one other and then the others will get released. I don't see anything really coming of this. The only thing I see of him being more in the cruiserweight division is because the two champions are heels. Scott's obviously heel. So going up against Kushida, that could be a, a fun little matchup. I don't know how Kushida is going to play off of this faction, but I guess that's an interesting thing to look at. Camograms, he goes to a house auction in Florida, starting a bid at $2 million. It gets all the way up to $20 million. Why? Because the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, is there, and he's got that type of money. And they feud once again, so another one of these vignettes or these skits, luckily it's only one of them. It wasn't like sprinkled throughout the show, but it was a rather long sketch at like five minutes. I like Cameron right. Grimes kind of getting tiresome at this point, to be honest. Well, I was going to say was, are we going to, is this, is this leading to anything like him versus million dollar man? Or is, you know, is his son going to come back and face him or something stupid like that? Like where, where's this leading to? And that's what I can't figure out. If there's an end game that like, okay, at the end, at the end of this whole stupid thing, it's going to culminate to a match with million dollar man or, you know, or something. Do they have a business agreement for them to like be together? That would be kind of cool, but I need something because to me, this is just filling the spot. Uh, okay, the only thing I can think of is if Grimes is hurt and they're just, okay, this is fine. We'll just keep doing these vignettes till he's healed. Fine. But there needs to be an end goal or some explanation to why they're doing this. And it's kind of irritating me to the point where it kind of, like you said, getting kind of tired of it. Kyle O'Reilly defeats Oni Lorcan. As you'd expect, really good technical match between these two guys, and Kyle O'Reilly gets the win. Uh, Lorcan's buddies attack, or I guess just be done, attacks uh, Kyle O'Reilly. But who returns to make the save? Bobby Fish, yes, Red Dragon is back, but not for too long. They kind of looked at each other. Kyle said, you know, I'm doing my own thing right now. Bobby agreed, so they agreed to part ways. But they, you know, acknowledged, they, you know, kind of wrote that that thing off that, they came back together, but now they're splitting apart. Is there going to be a release of a Bobby Fish, you think? I mean... We don't even know where the hell Roger Strong is. He, well, yeah. I know he gave his papers, but I would assume he's coming back eventually. Would you... Okay, so then here's the thing. I don't... So Adam Cole, of course, is Adam Cole. He does his own thing, baby. Kyle O'Reilly now has broken off into a singles run and kind of showing what he can do. I feel like out of the other two members of that group, Roderick Strong, a singles guy, Bobby Fish is always, in my opinion, be a tag team guy. So do you pair Roddy and him up or do you have him try to be a singles competitor? I don't think, I don't feel like Bobby Fish can manage on his own. 
Yeah, I don't know if Bobby can really be anything singles wise. Maybe you throw him in the cruiserweight division or something, but he I would say he's he's much more valuable backstage, especially with his experience as a tag team wrestler. Keep him on the roster, keep him on the staff and be able to do things back at the PC. They have that uh what I forget what it's called, like the Diamond Factory or something or other like that. They've been running some vignettes. I don't know exactly where they're leading with that. If that is how Roger Strong comes back, maybe you put fish with them and do that, but I mean, there's still some value in Bobby Fish. I really enjoy him. You know, he has kind of like a weird, quirky quir- uh, personality, kind of similar to uh, Kyle. So I still see value in him, but I know he's getting up there in age, like in his 40s. So maybe he's going to be similar to Christopher Daniels, where he he wants to take more of a back seat on the uh, production side or the training side of things. Well, I hope they don't lose him. I do like him, but I just don't see him really going hard i mean we we were having high hopes that red dragon would be on raw or smackdown but i guess that ain't happening now nope uh, in the main event of nxt we have a cruiserweight championship match two out of three falls and of course it goes to three falls because you can't just have a two out of three falls match ends in the first two falls but kushida does retain and beats santos escobar uh i mean still you know you're typical shenanigans where we get some quick finishes and then of course the end ends at a normal time where a match like this or an epic match main event would end. Uh, but Kushida gets the win. Not saying it's puzzling. You're going to put the title on him. Maybe try to put it in a different direction. I, uh, I'm i okay with that. Solid match. But where does Escobar go from here? I mean, he's done so many things in the Cruiserweight division. Does this mean he moves on up to the quote-unquote heavyweights or does he go to the main roster? And can I, can I sprinkle a little something in that real quick? You can sprinkle whatever you want, Dominic. I mean... Somebody who has main roster experience as a manager is Zelina Vega. Maybe she goes with Escobar to the main roster. No? I mean, that seems like a, a, a solid idea, but I just don't want them to fall into, I mean, I thought they would have Zelina Vega just talk for Andrade all day and they can make millions of dollars with them, but that didn't happen. But Santos Escobar doesn't need Zelina Vega to talk for him. I'm not saying that is what's going to happen, but I would maybe be afraid that's the trap that they would get into if they were to go to the main roster. Oh, that 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 that's a good idea. But you know, somebody thinking of taking away the bulk is a fucking stupid question. But whatever. Okay, we're still going down that road. Then finally, we're going to talk some main roster WWE because there is a pay per view this weekend. Uh, we got Oscar, Charlotte, and Rhea Ripley in the Raw Women's Championship. Dominic. Looks like Asuka is the designated fall person and Charlotte and Rhea will continue on their merry way. Is that what we're looking at here with Rhea getting the win? Yeah, probably. Most likely, 100%. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. Hashtag analysis. Love to see it. Then we get Damon Priest taking on The Miz in a Lumberjack match. The Lumberjack match in WWE actually has been quite effective recently, so a good choice by Priest here. And they've also been kind of heavily hinting at a breakup between The Miz and old Johnny Drip Drip. Which makes me nervous because I really expected Mr. Drip Drip to, you know, have an actual presence, but not to get paired up with Miz again. But um, I'm actually curious to see how this Lumberjack match plays out. Um, Who's actually going to be ringside? Because didn't they if they released a bunch of people, I mean, who's really going to be ringside? I mean, they still got all those cruiserweight main event losers that Bobby Lashley tried to pay off to attack Drew McIntyre, and then none of them did it because they're cowards. And this all leads to a 
Seven Eleven. Which where, where the hell? Who is Archery still the champion? Like after Bad Bunny gave him that title, we haven't seen that in forever, which might be a exactly. good thing. Maybe that's what we're gonna see the at the Lumberjack match. Our Truth comes out of nowhere and loses the title to somebody, and that starts another, you know, twenty four seven thing. No, I'm gonna assume Damon Priest gets the win. Hopefully, they don't try to do some shenanigans because he already had uh, Morrison kind of visibly beating Priest a few times in this last match. I know it's an easy thing to put them together, but do you think Morrison and Monet could be a thing in NXT? Yes, fucking yes, please. I would love to see Johnny NXT come out. I would fucking love it. All right, I got Dominic too excited. I am sorry. The SmackDown Tag Team Championships, the Dirty Dogs, take on the Mysterios, definitely playing into uh, trying to be the first father-son duo to be tag team champions. Don't see it happening here, but I do see it happening later on down the line. Ah, I'm going to say it happens here. I think... uh... It needs to happen here to actually have it mean something. So look for a new tag team champion to be crowned at Backlash. WrestleMania Backlash, Dominic. You got to get your brandings right. Whatever. Fuck, that's so stupid. They call WrestleMania Backlash, but whatever. Uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship, Bianca Belair takes on Bailey. Bailey's been doing some great heel work for the past few months. Unfortunately, wasn't able to be on WrestleMania in a match. She got beat up by the Bella Twins, and the crowd just booed the hell out of it. But uh, well-deserved for Bailey in this spot. Should be a really good match if given the time could steal the show. But Belair gets the win. Correct? Uh, yes. I mean, if if Bianca loses, it's going to be a DQ, so she retains the title anyway. So, I mean, she's going to retain the title no matter what. Dominic, what is, if we're going to go between the two men's matches, what is the main event, the WWE Championship or the Universal Championship? Roman Reigns Cesaro is the main event. So before we will talk about the WWE Championship match with Bobby Lashley, the champ defending against Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. Crazy to think that Braun Strowman is kind of the fall guy in this match. Is it that obvious or do they switch it up and Drew McIntyre is the fall guy or does somebody besides Lashley walk away the champion? I, I think Drew's going to be the fall guy and I think they're going to set up the feud between Bobby and Strowman until they can figure out who is actually going to be man enough to beat Bobby. And is that Jinder Mahal? Possibly. Hope so. Maybe. No, 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 no. You, you don't, you don't want another title reign. You Jinder and Mahal? Philip are just together on that Jinder Mahal bandwagon. Aren't you? I'm I'm not on it. I, mean, I just, J- I just Jinder Mahal think... beat your boy, Jeff Hardy in like three minutes. Exactly. I'm fucking pissed off about that, but Jeff's going to go to probably retire. Cause he's old and fucking a junkie, but oh, didn't he I just mean... sign a new deal? I think he did too. Yeah. But I think gender is going to be the one that beats him because WWE wants to put the title back on him because he was getting major heat. Because all heat is good heat, right? Right. Right. Tony, the tiger Uh, in the universal championship match. It is Roman Reigns, the champ, the head of the table, the big dog, the whatever else he is calling himself taking on tribal Cesar, the tribal chief. Thank you very much, Donna. Way to get your branding on, on right. Uh, yes. Roman Reigns defends the universal title against Cesaro. We had Jimmy Uso make his return. Little standoffish to Roman, but you know, a little bit of interaction seed planted for maybe something later on down the line. I think Mr. X asked the question earlier. I've already forgot because it was so long ago. Where do you see this Roman Cesaro thing feud going and, you know, a whole bunch of different branches. Cause this is the first match. 
I don't see Cesaro winning, obviously, but I do see Cesaro being around the title picture for a long time, or at least the future. Well, I can tell you Roman's going to win. Um, do I think Cesaro is going to be there for a while? No, I don't. I, I, this is Cesaro. He gets to the top and loses. And then he just flounders and flounders, gets to the mid card, does some good stuff, gets to the lower, lower mid, uh, above the mid, lower than the main event, whatever you want to call it, upper echelons, whatever, flounders. And then every three years he gets a title shot like this. So I don't think Cesaro will be around the main event pitcher for a while after this. Um, you know, just so you know, breaking news, Natalia and Miss Tamina are tag team champions. Damn. So after all this time, they put so much work. Not, I mean, I don't know if I say so much work, but Shayna and Naya are champions for so long. They had this match at WrestleMania and they have a pay-per-view in two days and they put the titles on him here yep makes complete sense no it doesn't why would you say that what are we talking about wwe is always so smart and knows exactly what they're doing all the time but i i kind of disagree with you i mean they i would agree with you if they just kind of put this upon cesaro like they just kind of put him on out of nowhere but they've been pushing him for like a for like a long time like since like pretty much the entire year we've seen him get a substantial push beating Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. I know Rollins is what he used to be, but I mean, that's something. And I, I would assume it's going to be more than just a one-off. Like I don't assume, I don't think he's going to be the winner to take it off of Roman. That's a discussion for a different day. Cause we can go in a whole bunch of different directions, but Cesaro, I mean, this should be a really good match and I'm expecting some sort of shenanigans at the end because they want to get a little bit more out of this. So maybe an Uso gets involved and Roman ultimately gets the win, but we could see possibly Cesaro was on his way to winning. Yeah. But if he doesn't win, it hurts him. So what's the point? I don't know because he got to fill television time and they don't have anybody really to go against. You don't know it. If you don't know it, then they don't fucking know it. So why are they booking this shit? Because when you got however many hours of television time to fill, you got to, you know, pull Just, a rabbit, out, pull a rabbit out of your hat. And sometimes that rabbit is like a, a dead pigeon. You have a male swin soup, swin, swin, I said swin soup, swin, God. Okay. We need to get off before either one of us have a stroke. And I think we've already gotten there. <laughs> By the way, no Fortnite tonight. Damn. Because she has to go to bed because she has work tomorrow morning. Mm. But, you know, if you want to wake up early, I mean, hey, you, you, you're, you're a working guy, man. You can wake up early, play some games with me, man. Mm, yeah, no. I mean, Dominic, what's early? Well, I mean, I got to pick her up probably about 10. So, yeah, I mean, you can wake up like at 8. It's a hard pass. 8 o'clock? Come on. That's sleeping in for you, bud. Welcome to the working class, dog. I know, and I want to sleep in even more. You know, Dominic, I'm not. I'm not trying to play that card, but you know, out of nowhere, I asked you. We played on Wednesday, okay? It's not like you know. It's not like we haven't played forever. I mean, so, I mean, you know, I, out of the I, kindness I, of my heart, but I, I miss like, you know what? playing with you, man. I miss playing with you too, Dominic. But you know, times are changing. At least we do play with each other. I'm like Tyler. I mean, Tyler doesn't yeah, do anything. Fucking, fucking Tyler, fucking teasing me. Oh, I'm not online, and your fucking PlayStation's on. Like, it's just Tiger Twenty Seven right there. Fucking. Yeah. Dipshit. 
All right. Any uh, lasting words for the people, Dominic, as we sign off? Free Mr. X, fuck Instagram, and shit on my dick. Yeah, shit on your dick. But if you want to follow us and be a part of the podcast experience, you can send us into you can send us into an email, curveballandcs at gmail.com, or you can follow us on the Instagram and the Twitter machine. Both are at curveballsandcs. We got the link tree down in the description of this podcast. You can click on that, takes it to all the links and such. We got YouTube. Maybe one of these days when Dominic and I play video games in like seven years, we'll start to stream again. We're on a TikTok. We have one TikTok. You know, follow Dude, us. You got to make some more, dog, by the way. You got to start making some. I'm sorry. I got to start doing some of the TikToks. Trying to make money here, dog. I I'm am snacking. Do... Yes, there you go. Cheetos, Pringles, ramen. Just make one and just don't dance. Just eat. I will do a scene for a frame by frame, a recreation of the Black China video. <laughs> you fucking won't. You and on that note, <laughs> goodbye and good night. Uh, bye bye. Dirt naps coming with them dumb ass raps to make you.
can hear his bones break. He steps in a single door. Got his ass whipped with 20 lashes like they do up in Singapore. So I'ma pull a fucking Jeffrey Dahmer. Now he's suicidal, just like Nirvana. Tick, tock, tock, tick, tock, tick. Dr. Dre and Ice Cube on some murder and shit. Keeping niggas in order, making their life shorter. Ready to slaughter, cause for me a life ain't worth a quarter or a dime. Mushrooms got my mind, hallucinating. Ain't no debating, I'm creating an escape route. 